0: In show. Welcome to Feature in a Shorts where filmmakers present, watch, and discuss films. I'm Justin Joseph Hall, owner of wind Films. Let's get started. So tonight we had a friend of mine who I've been trying to get on the show for over a year. His name is J. Jam Pietro and he's a very prolific filmmaker. He makes about one short film a year, if not two. He creates not only narratives, but documentaries and Most of his films follow unusual New York male characters, often searching for love. I
1: love awkward men.
0: Jay's film was called The Thing That Kills Me The Most, a short experimental film. Footage I
1: shot in the year 2001 on MiniDV, and I used to hang around with movie-obsessed men that are 20 years older than me. And they would fight all the time, and I would make recordings of them arguing and talking bad about each other behind each other's backs. And so I had this uh, one recording of this guy. For half an hour, he eviscerated this other guy for being a slob. And I would always mess around with it. He had one time been like, well, if you're going to make a movie, I'm going to make a movie too. And he brought a Super 8 camera to an Oscar night party. And he didn't put any film in it because he's frugal. And every time this camera that he had, every time he would press the shutter, it had a light attached to it. So it would just blast me with light. (laughs) <laughs> and he ruined everything I was trying to shoot that night. So it took like 15 or 16 years. And then I was like, oh, you know, that actually is probably pretty funny. And then I was able to play it. And then so that's what this is. All right, cool. I think that-, that kills me the most.
0: Afterward, we had a short discussion. So this was filmed a lot, like way before that. Then. Yeah, all those kids are grown-ups now.
1: They came to the premiere at the New York Film Festival and they all liked it although uh, Jack he fled he was like chased out of this area of New Jersey because people would be so aggressive towards him and um, I don't know where he is now he's in Florida I don't even know if he's still alive oh wow, wow. I mean he may be still alive <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you I would say yeah, he probably is alive and he probably has a MAGA hat and he's probably telling people like oh Got you know Hillary Clinton with their emails because that's the way he was <laughs> yeah <laughs> was he the rantor or the one being ranted about the ranted about the rantor is not seen in the movie, but he saw. It. He came to the uh, he came to the premiere too. And he thought it was funny. He says "fuck" fifty one times in five minutes in this, but in the main conversation he said it a lot more. So there could have been a lot more. This one's like way more. This is the most abstract thing ever. Yeah. yeah. And did you say you did the music too? Uh no, it's my friend who did the music, but it was actually a piece of music I had of his from a commercial job that I just like slowed down and chopped up. I was trying to mix like My Bloody Valentine and the Jerky Boys kind of, Mm -hmm. if you know what the Jerky Boys are. Does anyone know what the Jerky Boys are? Do you guys all know? So this was like uh, one of the first viral kind of things where basically these guys would make these prank phone calls and they would make It was all real. And it was real. (laughs) And then it got kind of more popular to the point where they had an actual CD come out on like a record label and they actually got a movie too but um so they just have these (laughs) funny prank calls what was it like with getting those people comfortable with you filming them because that would I imagine that'd feel weird so the first year I went to the Oscar party I thought they were really funny and wild so then I went the second year (coughs) when American Beauty was not made and I filmed it because you know Sam is a such a lively character and I made a documentary out of the year of American Beauty. So then I was like, I just want to do this every year. I went, Hey, I'm gonna come over on Tuesday night for pasta night. I'm gonna bring the camera and I'll film you like doing your thing and I'll film you talking about the movies. So I show up and he doesn't have like, a shirt on. <laughs> so I'm like, Okay. Ah, so this wasn't something that you did. Be- no, but then I'm like, Okay. I figure most people feel like, Oh, hang on, let me go put a shirt on. He just didn't put a shirt on for two hours while I was filming.
0: To another thing, James sort of semi-famous for on the internet is he takes street photography. Free photography of Odd people in New York. The picture I think that describes my.
1: I have a picture of a guy, he had like a tracheotomy, you know? Mm -hmm. And he was smoking. And he was wearing a shirt that said, Have a nice day. And, and he was holding a cigarette and the smoke was coming out of the shirt. No! <laughs> and the shirt had like that's a picture perfect. of like a cartoon character smiling and said, Have a nice day. That, that's like the, uh, yeah, you the of humanity. Because I it's mean. It's like the peak. <laughs> yeah, like the humanity of like, Oh,
0: okay. You don't do this much though anymore, do you? No,
1: I just got off of doing it for a while. I took home. Yeah. I deleted my Instagram. I took oh, you out. did? that. I might use it for experimental, like more work i just instagram got so gross and stupid and you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean it, it what it really was was uh when i started doing it it went with stuff that i like to do it was kind of trying to be like um straightforwardly capturing like these com- complex moments or whatever or complex situations and then it just totally went one way or the other where everyone's like either you're laughing or you're like offended or something and then that felt like yeah. it didn't fit in and then also uh the algorithm, you know what I mean? It's so stupid.
0: Yeah. And afterwards, Jay introduced the feature Private Practices, the story of a sex surrogate. This is a documentary from 1985 about a sex surrogate and two of her clients. And with this film, we served ice cream and tea. Very sexy.
1: So Kirby Dick, <laughs> who directed this movie, is a successful, fairly well-known documentarian. And, and uh, this movie is awkward men in all their naked glory, no pun, literally. Literally naked. Literally naked, um, kind you know. of. <laughs> and, uh, but the other thing, every time I watch it, uh, I guess the reason why I thought it might compliment the movie that I showed, it's uh, it has like that video aesthetic of the 80s, and um, it just has that look with the saturation and the sound.
0: After... The- Watching the film, uh, discussion flowed pretty rapidly. There were a lot of um, physical reactions and vocal reactions during the film as there's a lot of nudity and unusual sexual teaching that, that isn't seen very often. So the discussion was lively.
1: Kind of hearing this like, really frank, clinical approach to uh, think intimacy and um, I thought it was anxiety. really interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, because I... You know, you probably have met people with that level of anxiety at some point in your life oh, but you've right. never been exposed to, like, actually exploring all of it. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you can see when you meet people that have these issues, you can sense it but you're not gonna go any different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least I haven't. Yeah. But, like, to see how terrified that guy was, or, Taking any initiative would be mm-hmm. painful. I don't think they would call them a sexer, you know. Either it must be like intim- intimacy I know, um, counselor a... or something. Yeah, or whatever, yeah, like, again, yeah. It's like these things you remember when people would talk about, and then like now that would be like, no, no, you don't call it that. Yeah, like, you know, weird. that's like inappropriate to say that. You want to say like intimacy therapy or something like that. Or- Somebody asked me when we were talking about it at Alamo, like, why would anyone agree to be filmed? I'm like, I think at some point they say it's because it was cheaper. That explains so much. I was wondering, like, for someone that is so nervous about intimacy, it, yeah. how can you be okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, all of this. <laughs> but um, when the saving is on the <laughs> line. <laughs> you <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> I mean, I always like, uh, I never liked the 40-year-old version movie either, because I always felt like I knew guys that were like that. and. The way he played it so as, like, just like a straight up comedy. It's funny, but there's something, um, the pathos isn't there in that movie, which yeah. always yeah, like yeah. bugged me a lot because, like, I said, I know guys that are kind of like that guy, and That's there's what, a lot of like vulnerability
0: and pathos in his sort of like. You would think it's more common for men to go see women, but you wonder about the opposite side. And, um, it was a great movie about that,
1: really. Well, it's a little different, but it's a movie about, uh, it's called The Great Happiness Space, and it's a movie about Japanese host bars, Mm -hmm. and about Mm -hmm. these women who go and spend all of their money on these guys who look like uh, these really glammed up K-pop kind of like idols and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically having fake boyfriends of these like, like... Really like well groomed, like kind of like guys that wear like eyeliner, <laughs> <highlighter laughs> have their hair done, and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it has a very strange twist. Yeah. I, I always remember feeling like the tone is really specific because it's like really clinical, and you know the way it looks and the way it's like a timepiece. But then watching it this time, I was like, oh, it's still like you know whatever forty years later, yeah. like people still don't. What year <laughs> was that? In so. So it's like people still feel like they don't know how to have these kind of conversations, so it's like kind of strange to see something uh, so dated. But then like, so I was born <laughs> in 75, so I think when I watch a movie like this, like, I remember when the world looked like this or Run whatever movie. too, and then like yes. the video quality of it. it I remember when restaurants place, looked that way. Right? Like, yeah. Uh, like Round Round or mm-hmm. Benikins or all right, those right. places. and then uh, Strange movies.
0: nostalgic feel you get from it, right? Yeah. And I would say if people want to see your films, yeah, 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 Magic
1: Square films—they're uh, all on there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that's just about all for the show. Uh, just something in the forecast to look forward to. Two small things. Daria Huxley, our photographer, went to Cuba, and we'll have some photos from that soon. Check out her social media or ours. And we have started production on the short film, Paper Geese which is by Elizabeth Chatelaine. And that's being shot out in the Midwest. If you want to check out something from those filmmakers, go back to episode one uh, on our podcast. Elizabeth Chatelaine is the first guest we ever had. So also uh, follow us on social media at 4 Films. That's at F-O-U-R-W-I-N-D-F-I-L-M-S. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time. Peace.